Odin, one of the most well-known gods of Norse mythology, the god of death, war, poetry, magic, in charge of the Valkyries. By all accounts, he seems pretty manly, right? You might be picturing Odin from the Marvel films or American gods, these wise old men acting as patriarchs. But how accurate are these images of him? Odin is an interesting god with a very complex mythology. His gender was the topic of my master's thesis, and I've given talks and published articles on it since then. It's fair to say that I've got to know the boy pretty bloody well. So let's start with his name. The Old Icelandic pronunciation is Odin, but this can be traced back to Woldan in Germanic languages such as Old English. The name appears as parts of many words still, such as the word Wednesday, Walden's Day, and in lots of place names throughout Scandinavia, such as Orensee, Odin's Island, in Denmark. And for any Danes listening, I'm very sorry for my pronunciation, I cannot do the soft D for the life of me. There are a number of key elements associated with Odin. He has one eye, and is often in disguise, and is therefore known by over 200 names. He has two ravens, Hugin and Munin, which mean thought and memory, and two wolves, Geri and Freki, which mean the ravenous or greedy ones. He rides an eight-legged horse called Sleipnir, who we'll talk about more in a couple of episodes' time. Olden is presented as being the son of Bestla and Bar, and had two brothers, Vili and Vie. It's possible that these two names changed much less than Olden's. Centuries earlier than our texts, he may have been known as Vodin to fit into the alliteration of Vodin, Vili and Vie. Going through Odin's names gives us a bit more insight into who he was in mythology. Here's just some of them. Alfurther, Allfather, Anganfrigjar, the delight of Frigg, Ausagrim, the lord of the Aesir, Biflindi, spear shaker, Blindur, blind, Droigadrotin, lord of the undead, Fjölnir, the wise one, Gangrauder, advantage council, Gangari, wanderer, Olmi, boomer, and yes, we can and should make okay boomer jokes about Odin. Hangadrotin, lord of the hanged, Siktir, the victory god, Valkyosandi, chooser of the slain, and Lothungur, shaggy cloak wearer. Odin is normally associated with the warrior culture and the upper classes. In the prose Edda, medieval Icelandic writer Snorri Sturluson tells us, Þar er eint staður er hlýðskjálf heitir, og þár er Odin settisk þar í hásæti. Þá sá hann of atla hima, og hvert manns athæfi, og vísa atla hluti þár er hann sá. There is a place called Hlýðskjálf, and Odin sits himself there in the high seat from which he can see all over the world and all men's conduct and knows all things. Snorri also tells us, Það segja þú að alla þér menn er í örstu hafa fallið frá upphafi, heims eru nú komnir Odins í Valhöll. You say that all of these men who have fallen in battle from this world's beginning are now coming to Odin in Valhalla. Being greeted by Odin in Valhalla is the ultimate honour for the Vikings. 
Alden is in charge of the army of the dead that he amasses, and he is the leader of the great warrior culture the Vikings are so well known for. Alden was also known for only having one eye, as he gave up one of them in order to gain knowledge. In the Eddic poem Verlisbau, it says, Ein sat hern uti, thauer in aldni kom, ikjungur ausa, og i uiga leit. Kvers fregnid mig, kvi fresnid min, allt veit jeg Odin, kvar du uiga thalt, i ilnum mæra mimes bruni. Drekur mjöð mimer, morgen kverjan, a vevi Valfurthers, vitud er en, either quad. Alone, she sat outside when the old man came, the terrible one of the Aesir, and he looked in her eyes. Why do you question me? Why do you test me? I know all about it, Odin, where you hid your eye in Mimir's famous well. Mimir drinks mead every morning from Father of the Slain's pledge. Do you want to know more? And what? She asks Odin why he questions her. She knows all about him and how he gave his eye to Mimir. So Mimir is another mythological being that we know from earlier in this poem and another poem called Sigtrifumaur. Mimir is known for being very wise and knowledgeable, but was beheaded in the first war between the two factions of the gods, the Aesir and the Vanir. Mimir's head is preserved with herbs and then, as demonstrated in the stanza we just looked at, comes into the possession of Odin, which he uses to gain more knowledge about the universe. So, you now might be wondering why on earth I'm talking about Odin in Vikings Are Gay. I mean, he seems like your classic old white straight man, right? This is Vikings Are Gay, it's not going to be that easy. We have a number of sources that allude to Odin's gender being a little bit weird. I'd love to use a better word here than that, but it's just a bit weird. So, to talk about this, we need to cast our minds back to our last episode about Seyther and Ergi. We're going to be all over these topics now. As a quick recap, Seyther is a form of ritualised magic that was performed in the Viking Age. We know very little about it, but one of the key things we do know is that it was mostly practised by women, and when men did practice it, it was considered to be very shameful and they were accused of being ergi. This word seems to have implications of being unmanly, and it was one of the worst insults of the Viking Age. It basically seems to be bottom-shaming from the Viking Age, as in passive male homosexuality, as we call it sometimes in scholarship. So, back to Odin. There's a few instances in which Odin seems to be accused of being queer through these words. Our first occurrence of this is in Lokasena, or Loki's Quarrel. This is one of our Eddic poems that was preserved in the manuscript known as the Codex Regius, or King's Book, from around 1270, written in Iceland. This poem was probably passed down through oral storytelling for a number of centuries before being written down. Loki's Quarrel is set at a feast being hosted by the mythical being Aegir, which is attended by many of the gods. Loki barges in, despite being unwelcome, and is angry at being left out. He then starts throwing insults at the gods, one after one. He turns to Odin and says, And thi sida kodu samseu i, og draptu au vjetsem völur, 
Vixaliki thortu vestjóð yfir og hugsaði ég það arks aðal. Which in English is And you practice Caesar in some say and struck on a drum like a sorceress. In a wizard's form you travelled over mankind and I thought that was queer in nature. So in this poem we are seeing Odin being accused of being ergi because he practiced Caesar which falls in line with a lot of what we know about Caesar. But this isn't the only occasion when Odin is called queer. In Harbadsljóð or Harbad's song we see Odin in disguise as always this time as a ferryman called Harbad who is refusing to let Thor or Thor cross a river. Thor eventually exasperatedly cries Harbada in Ragi. The translation of Ragi has been debated a lot. As another form of the word Ergi, Caroline Larrington's translation of the Poetic Edda presents this phrase as Harbard, you pervert, while I would translate it as Harbard, you queer. So why is Harbard, or Uthen in disguise, being called queer by Thor in Harbard's song? To answer that, we seem to need to go back a few stanzas to see where Harbard recounts what he has been doing. Miklar manvielar ég hafta við mikríður. Þá er ég vjeltar þær frá verum. Harðan jötun ég huðar hljöpað vera. Gaf hann mér gambantein en ég vjelta hann orvíti. Great love tricks I have used on witches that I have betrayed from their men. I thought Hlebard was a strong giant. He gave to me a gambantain and I betrayed him out of his wits. So the first two lines here seem to be Harbad, or Odin, boasting about having large amounts of sex with various women, while the gambantain in the second half refers to some kind of magic staff, possibly referring back to Odin as practicing Seidr. It seems that in this poem, Odin is being accused of being queer both as a man and as a woman. He seems to be practicing Seidr, which makes him a bad queer man, but he's also been rather promiscuous with women, and only women are called Ergi for doing this, which suggests that he has also been called a bad woman here. A third text accuses Odin of being queer. Inglinger's saga is the opening saga from a compilation known as Heimskringla, which recounts the early mythology of Norway. This is where we're told. Odin kunni þá íþrótt, þvor að mestra máta fylgði, og fram því sjálfur er seyðar heitir, en að því máti hann víta ölög manna og óðna hluti, þvor og að gera mónum bana eða óhamingju eða vanheilendi, Svo og taka frá mönum vít eða apl og gera öðrum. En þessi fjörkingi er framið er fylgir svo mikil ergi að eigi þótti kallmönum skamlaust við að fara og var gíðjunum kend su íþrótt. Odin knew and practiced that skill that was followed by the greatest strength, called Seidr, and from it he knew the fortunes of men and things that had not yet come to be, and also caused the deaths of men or bad luck or ill health, 
and also took from men wit or strength and gave it to others. And this magic, when it is practised, comes with such greatness that it is shameful for a man to practise it, and the skill was taught to the goddesses. Another piece of textual evidence we have comes from another Eddic poem, Grimnismalch, and from the prose Edda, relating the same information. In these contexts, Odin's names are being discussed. In the prose Edda, we are told, Tolft jalg eða jalkur, twelfth is gelding. Similarly, two different stanzas of Grimnismalch give us the same name. Grimnimichetu ad geroða in jalk ad ausmundar. Masked one I call myself to Gerodar, and gelding to Ausmundar. Another stanza says, Hjetum thundor fyrirbað, vakur of skilfinger, vofudur og hropdatir, guitur og jalkur med godum. I called myself thunderer before that, awakener and trembler, wanderer and sage, guitur and gelding with the gods. This name, Jalkur, or gelding, appears multiple times here. A gelding is a castrated male horse, which carries the implications around Odin's gender and sexuality of unmanliness and failure to live up to cis-heteronormative values. But there's more than just textual evidence to tell us that Odin may have been seen as queer. In 2009, a tiny and highly controversial find was excavated from the site of a cultic hall in Lyra in Denmark. This being a cultic hall from around 900 to 950 AD, we know that it was a place where an important chieftain ruled from, and it was a central meeting point for people from miles around. It would have been very important and very rich. The find itself was tiny. It is a miniature figure, less than two centimetres tall and weighing around nine grams, and it's made of silver. And it shows in remarkable detail a human figure in what appears to be a long dress, possibly with a moustache, seated on a chair with carved head posts and a bird on each armrest. The identification of this figure has been very controversial. Some believe it is Odin, Others argue it is another male ruler from Lyra, and others suggest it could be a woman, perhaps a vulva, so a woman who practices seether. So this person is wearing a jacket, a long dress of some kind, jewellery, and a hat or helmet. And this is clothing that is normally associated with women at this time. But when we look at other elements of this figure, it gets a bit more weird. The throne that this person is sitting on is very ornate, with what appears to be beast heads, this seems to remind us a bit of Hlidskjalf, the chair that Odin sits on to watch the world. Alternatively, it could be a normal throne for a ruler. On the two armrests, we see two birds, reminding us of Odin's ravens, Hugin and Munin. This is more significant when we remember that Lyra was a central site for the elite, and Odin was very closely linked with this elite. Another interesting factor is that Odin's eye appears to have been scratched away and might only have one pupil. We have to remember that this tiny piece of silver was buried underground for around a thousand years, so it's totally possible that this is accidental damage that happened in this time. But this is particularly interesting when we look at some wider context of Odinic imagery from this time. The Sutton Hoo helmet is a very famous piece of Anglo-Saxon history, so the early Germanic peoples in England that had strong cultural links to the Vikings. 
A few years ago, some reenactors gained permission from the British Museum, where the helmet lives, to study it closely to make a recreation. When doing this, they found that behind one eyebrow, the helmet had gold foil underneath the red gems, but the other eye didn't. They assumed that this was a mistake or damage, but decided to recreate the piece like this anyway. When they went to use their recreated helmet in a recreated Viking hall in front of a fire, they realised something incredible. The gold foil under one eyebrow lit up, making the eye shine and glow, while the other eye was dull. It looked like there was only one eye. So what does this have to do with the little Odin figure from Lyra? Well, we're seeing the same element of only one eye, which reflects this mythology about Odin. We can't really know for sure if this figure is meant to be Odin or not, but the evidence is there to suggest that it's pretty likely. It appears to be Odin in women's clothes, breaking the boundaries of gendered expectations at the time. So, as you can probably tell by now, Odin himself is a very complicated figure. His mythology is a rich tapestry of elements surrounding knowledge, warriors and rulership. But his gender and sexuality are also very complicated. He breaks the rules and boundaries of Norse society by not only performing, but being the god of Seder, magic reserved for women. He is known as unmanly, and he seems to be depicted as wearing feminine clothing. He is accused of being ergi on multiple occasions, but appears to be considered so for being a queer man and a queer woman at the same time. This bending and breaking of boundaries is most certainly queer by Norse standards. This interpretation isn't clearly obvious when you look at the myths of Odin. You have to understand the societal context and look into the myths. But this suggests that this queerness was quite an integral part of his being and wasn't really worth making a big show and dance about. Not all scholars agree with this interpretation. There are a number that do, but also a number who resist this idea and argue that Odin is the manly god of scholarship past. It is important to have these scholarly debates, particularly when we are looking at a past mythology, as it reminds us that the narratives that were important to the believers would have changed and shifted between the people and the groups. So this next bit of the conversation needs a bit of a content warning, as I will be discussing neo-Nazis and racism. So feel free to just end the episode here if this is material you don't want to engage in. It is also important to highlight another group that resists this idea, though. My work has provoked angry responses from neo-Nazis. They are angry that I would argue that Odin is queer, as they see him as the ultimate god of masculinity, which is a value they hold up as an integral part of whiteness. They see my argument as offensive to them and their god, and they wrongly view racial purity to be defined through what they see as this native European heritage of the master race. As far as I'm concerned, if I'm making neo-Nazis angry, I'm doing something right. And we'll discuss the Nazi heritage of Viking studies in a few episodes' time, but we have to remember this at all times when we study the Vikings. Challenging old ideas and proposing new ideas is such an important part of scholarship, and reminds us that our interpretations are subjective. This interpretation is no more or less subjective than any other scholarly reading of the past. Thank you for listening to this episode of Vikings Are Gay. Find Vikings Are Gay on Twitter and Facebook. If you have any questions about the Vikings, tweet them using the hashtag VikingsRQ&A 
and I'll be answering all your burning questions at the end of the series. I've been Amy Jefford-Franks. You've made it to the end of this podcast, and I can't wait to tell you more. Be sure to tell your friends that the Vikings are gay.